do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello. Oh, boy. (laughs) I swear to God, my first thought was, okay, this is going to be the first time where you're going to do the new opening without a screw up. Okay, so ignore that. Hello. Welcome to the Libro Cube. Uh, My name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the lackadaisical Libro Cubicles. This show is like a journal where I talk about all the things my brain has consumed so that it does not just sit in there and slowly drive me insane. You may not have consumed some of this media yourself, so I feel like I should warn of that possibility. Last, but least, in an idea stolen from John Gabris, I offer to you the following deal. Rate the podcast, meaning this one, five stars in iTunes, and I will read just about anything you put in the review. Easy peasy, Socratesy. I will now push a button that will start a series of five, five-minute timers like this. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Killer Balls Testicle Rejuvenation Clinic. Thank you for that sponsorship. Movie the first, Phantasm, which is, I should say, the uh, movie series I now have, quote-unquote, on the go. I like to, uh, and I've done this fairly regularly since episode 300 have a movie series on the go i'll watch one a week uh just before phantasm it was resident evil i do believe oh yeah resident evil then independence day one and two and now i've decided on phantasm because um uh i have vague memories of this and being scared of this as a child came out in 79 so i was negative two I don't know how I saw this as a child, but I probably shouldn't have. And the and the giant guy from this, still some nostalgia fear, I think we'll call it. Uh, just the way he walks and looks and acts and is. He's a scary, scary dude. Like, if if you saw him in real life, you would be scared. So, to have that amped up in a movie where a teenage boy and his friends face off against a mysterious grey robber known as the Tall Man, who keeps a lethal arsenal of terrible weapons with him, it's going to be a scary, scary time. Uh, that being said, 80s, even though this is 79, uh, movies, horror movies quite often don't have the scare factor. 
Um, does that make them bad movies? Yeah, I suppose if you're going in for for to be scared, uh, which I am not necessarily going to do. So why don't I give a rating of... Uh, yeah, it really didn't hold up for me. Uh, uh, like two. Yeah, I didn't like it. Uh, I'll tell you if the rest of the like friggin' eight of these, seven or eight, there's a lot of them, uh, are as bad as this one. I don't know if I will continue on. Why punish myself? I'm not getting paid to do this. <sighs> Movie the second, Beware the Slender Man. Oh, scary tall man movie to another scary tall man movie. Uh, this is a documentary. Uh, it tells the story of two 12-year-old girls who attempted to murder one of their friends in an attempt to appease Slender Man, a fictional monster from a horror website. <clears throat> I knew of Slender Man first from the video game, uh, which I think was called Beware the Slender Man. Or, no, Slender Man the Eight Pages. <clears throat> that was my first experience of this phenomenon, this totally made-up phenomenon, that in real life uh, drove these two girls insane. Well, to be fair, uh, they were both pretty seemingly uh, crazy uh, to begin with. So this just sort of, I think how you could describe it is this gave their insanity something to focus on that sort of drove them over the edge of... Uh, real true scary madness and uh that's the one thing i will say of this movie the two girls in this um are scary that they existed in real life <laughs> scarier than the actual slender man uh is these two girls uh rating wise uh, i go solid four i think this is a netflix oh no it was hbo yeah uh that was an interesting thing we uh watch this with the missus we noticed right off the bat that it was a documentary made by HBO, which I'm not sure I had seen before. Okay, moving on to, I think this might be my favorite movie of this particular batch. It is called Catfight, on the note of favoriteness. Uh, I think I will go a solid 5 out of 5. Um, I like a dark comedy, and I suppose that is what this can fall into. Um, it's not going to make sense. Uh, let me read the IMDA, as I have done so far for the other movies. Uh, the rivalry between two former college friends comes to a head when they both attend the same glamorous, glamorous event. Now, that is a horrible description of this movie. Uh, basically, you got these two girls who, over the course of years, perhaps even decades, fight, uh, and then... Uh, the loser of the fight, whoever it may be, ends up in a coma uh, and then wakes up to find their life destroyed uh, over the course of the time that they were in the coma. <laughs> and it happens twice. It happens once to each of them. So uh, a brilliant, uh, crazy, almost sci-fi feel to the premise uh, and then uh, executed well, I would say. Uh, who are the two girls? I'll, I'll tell you who they are, too. Uh, Sandra Oh and Anne Heche. Yeah, uh, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Uh, okay, so as you heard, we're out of time, so, uh, I fucked up, as I often do. Uh, next we have The Hurricane from 1999. 
the story of Reuben Hurricane Carter, a boxer wrongly imprisoned for murder, and the people who aided in his fight to prove his innocence, based on a true story as well, I do believe. Uh, Denzel Washington stars as the titular <laughs> Hurricane. Uh, I This is a movie that falls into a category that comes up from time to time of movies from the 90s, I guess technically, that I was not 100% sure if I had seen or not, but either hadn't seen and thought I should watch, or had seen and thought uh, deserves a rewatch because I don't remember it. And uh, I had seen it. <laughs> I realized a fair chunk into it, I do believe. Uh, Rating-wise, 5 out of 5. Yeah, this is a perfect Sunday movie as well. Just lying in bed, it's two hours and 26 minutes. So if you're going to have a lazy Sunday, I, I like a long movie for a lazy Sunday in bed. Uh, this is another long movie, which is unusual. Uh, the The final movie of our movie monologue uh, is also long, which is unusual for an animated film. It's called Summer Wars, and it clocks in at about two hours. Oh. Uh, a student tries to fix a problem he accidentally caused in Oz, a digital world. While pretending to be the fiancé of his friend and grandmother at her grandmother's 90th birthday. That doesn't play into it too, too much. Most of it is revolving around cyber terrorism. Um, but also a lot of it uh, reminded me of the old television show Reboot. Because uh, you're in the sort of matrix you're in the computer you're in the simulation for most of that with some sort of avatar um hadn't watched an anime in a long time and uh i don't know why that is because i quite often enjoy them this one included rating wise uh, i'll go solid four yeah very very much enjoyed it uh it made me realize that i should be watching more anime because for some reason it's sort of slipped away from me lately i feel like which saddens me. Uh, you know what? Uh, as I like to try to do and fail to do just about every time, I uh, get a little audience participation. If there are uh, recent-ish uh, anime movies that you enjoyed, preferably, preferably with uh, English dialogue or uh, uh, subtitles I can do, it's just I like to, as you know, play video games while watching a movie and excuse me vice versa so can't really do that with the subtitles capiche Today's television talk sponsor is the Sentient Building Supplies Depot. Thank you for that sponsorship. I am excited to announce that Doctor Who is back, although from your perspective it has been back for a while. For me, uh, I have just uh, watched the first two episodes, not back to back, I watch one a week, uh, which sort of a, and I do mention this from time to time, uh, I am uh, what you would call a cord cutter. Uh, in fact, most of the TV that I do watch um, is things on like Netflix, 
probably the prime example. Uh, shows that are currently on the air that I watch are, I could count on one finger. I think it's at midnight every day. Uh, Modern Family and when it is around, Doctor Who. Yes, Doctor Who. Uh, I have a tendency to, when Doctor Who is on, uh, bring back every single episode to television talk because of my love of it. Uh, my love that in the first two episodes of this season 10 uh, has grown. Yes, yes, has grown. Uh, you're probably aware if you're listening to a podcast in which someone is talking of Doctor Who, that Doctor Who uh, Peter Capaldi will be leaving. This is his final season. Uh, I don't want to be mean and say I'm happy about that, but I am happy about that. He has been my least favorite Doctor. That being said, I like him a lot. But he is my least favorite, just for the reason that he uh, is serious more percentage of the time than any other doctor I have ever witnessed, which is not ideal to my sense and sensibilities. Uh, his new companion, though, in the form of... Oh, shit, what is her name? I'm bad with names. Bill, this is assistant, Bill Potts, Bill, 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 Bill Doctor's Office, Dak Battle, the pilot, Smile... Oh, Bill. Okay. Yeah, her name's Bill. <laughs> I kept reading Bill and thinking that was the bald guy. Idiot. Uh, yeah, so uh, I'm really enjoying from the first two episodes uh, The Doctor's New Companion. Uh, my one worry uh, is she on the show is a, uh, a black lesbian, which is terrific to have that represented on television on a television show. My worry is that they're doing this so that when they announce the new Doctor Who and he's just another white guy, they could say, yeah, well, his companion's a black lesbian. So where my hope was that uh, instead they would perhaps make the Doctor uh, once he regenerates into something, uh, the, the, someone who would more represent a, a wider spectrum than just a, uh, an old white dude. Uh, but still, yeah, but still, uh, I guess take what you can get, I suppose. Mm, I don't know. That's a, that's a touchy subject and not really something that uh, can be decided on a television show. That's more of a, a global problem than a when people pin, pinpoint a show and say, this is what's wrong with uh, our society. I, I think you got to look at a broader thing than just a show. Would it have hurt? And why am I even saying this? We don't know what's going to happen. Maybe they are going to go with a, a more original casting. I hope. I hope. Anyways, uh, <laughs> they kind of got off track there, as that sort of thing tends to do. Uh, so what do we know so far of uh, this season from the first two episodes? The Doctor has been charged with guarding some sort of vault. Uh, apparently he's not supposed to really leave Earth. Uh, because of the stewardship, which is interesting, uh, and we don't really know why it is, or I shouldn't say I don't really know why. Like, was that set up in a, in the previous? Uh, I don't really don't really recall. I don't think it was. Uh, further audience participation. Uh, if you have any theories, or if I just missed something from last season, let me know to the address provided in the closing credits, or tweet at me. Would love to hear from you. Uh, okay, so uh, the doctor, the Peter Capaldi doctor, is uh, uh, a, he's like a college professor in this, I guess, while he's hanging around, which uh, opens up some cool things. 
And uh, we'll talk about it more as the series progresses, I promise. Today's book banter sponsor is Half Fish, Half Men Sticks. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, as you are no doubt aware, because you're following along with every episode, listening with breath, perhaps even bated breath, you know that we're talking Druid Home, number two, which is a Forgotten Realms novel. Uh, The specific title of this novel is... Uh, the Coral Kingdom. Oh, oh, hmm. uh, traveling far beyond the shores of her island kingdom, a high princess battles the vicious undersea race that is holding her father prisoner. A battle that climaxes oh, in the dark depths of the Sea of Moonshay. Interesting. Uh, first published in 1992. Uh, this is uh, sort of a carry-off of some of the very first Forgotten Realms novels ever written. Uh, the the trilogy I read before this was the first. And this, uh, if you listen along, no doubt know that uh, this is a trilogy that takes place uh, 18, 20-ish years after those books. So uh, kind of cool to stay in the same, not even worlds, but the same area of the world for a total of six books spanning uh, a lot amount of years. Uh, I, I like that sort of thing. It really sort of pulls you in in the sense that when you are reading of a realm uh, and listening to the exploits of its peoples over the course of dozens of years and exciting things are happening throughout, uh, I find that can really pull you in where just sort of reading a one-off book, it's harder to do. Yeah. Does that make sense? It's probably why fantasy is written often over the course of trilogies or more. I would assume that is one of the advantages. Um, uh, the other thing I like of this, which in all my fantasy book readings, which if you listen to this podcast, you will know is a fucking shit ton. Uh, I don't know if I've ever really had much in the way of undersea adventures. Um, playing video games in this sort of realm, this fantasy realm, you'll often have things take place underwater, but don't remember too many times where I've actually read of it happening. So it was cool some of the, 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 the magic that they use to sort of, uh, say, get an elven ship. And the, on the figurehead of the ship, uh, they put this helmet that creates like a globe around the ship that can let it uh, sink into the waters and sort of fly under the waters and go to this uh, kingdom of half fish, half people. There's also like sea trolls, which, you know, trolls are bad. Sea trolls, really bad. Uh, giant uh, squid uh, cleric guy. <laughs> Some of the shit in this uh, fucking pretty pretty cool. Especially if you like myself have been playing D and D. You see a lot of potential for things to uh, experience in D and D. Which uh, perhaps I should mention that um, maybe next episode or episodes after we will have some D and D wrap up. 
in either book banter or game gavin i haven't decided yet wherever it may fall because uh as far as playing D, my session is coming to a close sadness uh, i will however be able uh will be soon within the next month or so from my perspective anyway uh be running my own game so that's exciting maybe i'll use some undersea adventure ideas like i learned in this book uh rating wise I think I'm going to go like a solid friggin' four or five. Some of the undersea stuff, five out of five for sure, just because uh, my exposure to that has been virtually non-existent. So combining fantasy with new things in fantasy, I guess maybe after a while you get a little, uh, I don't know if jaded is the right word, but when you read enough fantasy, some things seem a little rote, perhaps. So, new territories I enjoy. And this is from 92, and I'm saying that. Weird. game gabin sponsor is the astro second blow tool patent pending okay i uh, got a game that came about for the reason that i saw the good people over at funhouse playing it and uh, they seem to be having a great amount of fun and uh just from watching them play i could tell that it was the type of game I do very much enjoy. Sort of a kind of sort of kind of sort of rust like vibe, just in the sense of uh, you're alone. You're on a planet in this case. You're, you're in an area where you have to get resources to help survive and explore. Yeah, uh, and maybe underline explore. Uh, it's funny. I actually went after I had played this game and sort of realized that it was an uh, early access and maybe wasn't quite there yet, uh, went back to play Rust, which I, that game, something about that game, and I have spoken of it on this podcast quite a number of times. I always find myself every couple of months going back to and just playing for playing for a weekend here and there. Uh, really, really enjoy that. Uh, not to say that I didn't enjoy this, and I think uh, it has the potential to be Rust-like in the fact that it could be a game that I go back to from time to time. Uh, so what is it, Astroneer? Uh, you are this little astronaut dude. I say little because it's third... Uh, third-person perspective, and you're sort of looking down on him or her because you're in a spacesuit, uh, you find yourself on a planet, how or why you were there, you do not know. Maybe that will be added later, a sort of story to it. Um, although there's not really a story to Rust either, so it's interesting that uh, I play games uh, probably most recently, I can't think, uh, where story is so integral that basically the game is the story, and then I can go to a game like this that has no story, and all it is is gameplay, and have, I don't know if equal amounts of fun, but differently equal amounts of fun, let's say. Uh, anyways, so um, what do you do? You have like a vacuum cleaner slash... Uh, terrain uh, melding tool 
sure, let's call it that. So you can uh, say you'll find some uh, some material, you'll suck it up into your uh, vacuum, it will then appear in your backpack. Uh, you then take that back to your ship and then build a new section of uh, onto your ship so you're sort of building a base. Uh, that's perhaps it at its core, but uh, what you're really doing is exploring the planet that you're on. Uh, that, that's sort of the main focus. Um, the, the fact that you're in a spacesuit uh, is because you cannot breathe. <laughs> and that's perhaps my one gripe about this. Uh, it's friggin', uh, I love to explore. And when I can't explore, because uh, the tethers that are tying me back to the ship in order for me to breathe uh, run out, and I have to do things to cut my exploration short, uh, sometimes it gets a little frustrating. Uh, this is not necessarily a game problem so much as my brain problem. Uh, I mentioned from time to time that uh, I think definitely for myself and potentially as gamers age, uh, they have the combination of more money they did as a younger gamer and less time to play video games, which means uh, I have games waiting for me to play. So if I'm playing a game and I find it gets frustrating, I quite often have the thought, why am I doing this? Why don't I go try that other game out that I haven't even started yet? Uh, why am I having this frustration? Turn it off. Let's go play Rust, <laughs> which is what I ended up doing. Uh, that being said, uh, I had a pretty cool base on the go. I had all the different modules you could build. Uh, I had built my own spaceship and started to explore the cosmos, which uh, I think they're probably going to build on. So rating at this point, like three out of five, but in the future, we'll see. Maybe higher. Today's internet intercourse sponsor is gold-plated gold. Item the first, Casey Neistat. Yeah, I'm uh, really digging this guy. Uh, I think I mentioned maybe it was last internet intercourse, maybe the one before, uh, somewhat recently, and I feel like an idiot because he's got, you know, Brazilians of followers, so I'm a little late to the party. Uh, but what, you know what, when you don't have people to talk about things on the internet with, what you do is just stumble upon them. The other thing you do, if you're very crazy, is start a podcast so you have uh, at least someone to spew them into the ether with about there. Hi. Anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, he put out uh, this cool video where apparently he somehow got bumped up to first class on a, I think it was a British Airways flight. And this is not like uh, first class, oh, your seat's a little bigger. This is like, this the most serious friggin first class i didn't even know something like this existed like seemingly it's a private jet first class first class uh he said that the ticket would have cost twenty one thousand dollars so just to give you an idea that was like you could buy a car for that friggin crazy um the fact that you could tell he, despite being a, you know, a big fancy YouTube guy, millions of views, probably raking in some nice dough. Uh, you could tell he was super, super excited that this had happened to him and 
him filming all the little little and not little <laughs> all the little things that he got because he was in this for example i, I think probably the most mind-blowing is uh he got to have a shower <laughs> yeah i had access to a bathroom and a shower so like about half an hour before they landed uh he reserved it because I, I guess it's not unlimited uh, which <laughs> what do you expect uh and got to have a shower in the air uh, he had his own little like booth uh his seat turned into a bed giant touch screens caviar meal of course hot and cold running champagne probably not hot champagne because that sounds gross uh it was really just uh, incredible it's that sort of classic live vicariously through someone uh this video did i recommend you go check it out casey neistat's i am digging his stuff uh, next, another little stumble upon uh, YouTube rabbit holy sort of thing is Never Not Viney. Uh, Never Not Funny is a podcast I have spoken of on this very one innumerable times. Uh, I found on a YouTube channel called Never Not Viney. Uh, they had taken a bunch of clips from the show and sort of boiled down these little uh, visual tidbitty best of sort of things uh I, I can't remember a group of videos that i've watched it back to back to back to back uh and laugh so consistently hard at every single one so i had to spread that wealth uh doctor who new doctor who rumors oh yeah okay so that's uh to sort of tie it in with our earlier doctor who uh nerdists in particular but all over the internet people are speculating about uh who could be the next doctor uh one is richard iowata who you may know from the it crowd uh one uh, is anthony stewart head who you may know as giles uh from buffy the vampire slayer and uh, the choice slash what the inside scoop apparently that the nerdist says they have is it's going to be uh Michaela Moses oh shoot I wrote down her huge long name uh, Michaela Cole okay but her full name is Michaela Moses Uraba Oboyaki Kolilizan there uh known professionally as Michaela Cole is a British poet singer songwriter screenwriter and an award-winning actress and playwright from East London uh so this is actually a black woman so potentially they are going to take that leap according to nerdist anyways uh the 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 choice of anthony stewart head jeez as much as i said i didn't want it to be another just old white guy the fact that i loved him so much as uh, uh giles from buffy the vampire slayer the fact that i can fairly easily picture him in this role geez that would be pretty cool too and richard iota iowata iowata also not a bad choice geez that's a tough call not a call i have to make so there uh last but not least spontaneation with guest wait a second scott ackerman neil campbell john gabris mike hanford and lauren lapkus that sounds like the comedy bang bang crew that's because it is you fucking idiot <sighs> yeah uh they've been doing a little uh a nerdy podcasty cross pollination which uh spoiler potential uh, i might be doing on this very podcast i uh sort of trying to arrange something that i think is in the works today in fact interesting behind the scenes uh so uh i had to bring it back spontaneous nation 
if you're unfamiliar uh they'll have people on they'll shoot the shit for a bit uh and then they'll uh, uh improv a scene that's kind of sort of kind of sort of it at its nutshell uh i will say of this episode and to be honest of some other episodes the initial part where it's just them sitting and talking and shooting the shit is often my favorite part uh and never is that more evident than this episode man i could have listened to them just sitting around at one point i remember i think it was lauren said we're gonna be here for 10 hours just because seemingly they love each other's companies so much that they just can't bring and shut up and get to the quote-unquote business of uh improvising a scene which was funny and fine and good and freaking better than i could do obviously um but the the just gabbing at the top was where my bread is buttered folks speaking of bread it's buttered i wasn't it's nice to be nice to the nice This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. Buts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper